Hi, and welcome to the Deeper Than Money podcast. I am your host, Chloe Elise. I'm a millennial money coach, speaker, dog mom, and a seven on the Enneagram. And I am on a mission to prove to you that finances can be fun and easy. On the Deeper Than Money podcast, we will dive into all things millennial finance, debt, saving, mindset, and how to have financial freedom to enjoy life in your 20s and 30s. I want you to leave this podcast with more confidence around your moolah and the belief that your biggest financial dreams are possible for you. So let's talk money. Welcome back to the Deeper Than Money podcast. It has been a minute and I have missed you dearly. And so we are officially diving back into it. So we are kicking it off with uh, what I spent on this trip podcast. I've done this before. You can go back um, and look at a couple other trips I've done where I literally just break down exactly how much the trip cost, what I spent it on, and Um, how I plan for it, and also just the dynamic of spending with who I'm going on the trip with, right? Like if I'm going on the trip with um, my friends or my family or whatever, like what I pay for, what my friends pay for, how we break it down, all of those different things. My goal for this is a couple, the the reason I do this, um, there, there are a couple of reasons. The first is just transparency, right? You see people on Instagram taking a trip and you're like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I, I want to do that. Or like, why can't I do that? And you have no idea how much it actually costs. Right. Um, especially for me, this is the second time I've taken a snowboarding trip. I had no clue how expensive snowboarding trip trips are, or just snowboarding in general as a hobby. I had no clue how expensive it was, um, or how much it costs. And so transparency, talking about money is an important thing that, you know, obviously that I care about. So that's number one. The second reason I want to do this is because I want you to sit down and when you're planning a trip or thinking about your next trip or whatever it may be, I want you to be thinking about any unexpected expense that could be coming up for you, right? Um, That's a lot of the times what kills people is they're like, oh my gosh, I... um, you know, I planned this trip, but then all of these unexpected expenses came up that I ended up having to throw on my credit card or this or that, um, or now I owe my friends. And I, I want to talk more openly about money and how I plan for this stuff. So maybe next time you're going on a trip, you're like, oh my gosh, I know exactly what to do. I know how to plan. And oh, I didn't think of that. So now I can plan for it. The next thing is talking about money with whoever you're going on a trip with and having those conversations before the trip, getting clear with um, what expectations you want to have during the trip and things like that. Because at least for me in my 20s, in my mid 20s, travel is a huge priority for me. It's a huge priority. And therefore, since it's a priority for me, I'm spending my money on it. And if that's a priority for you, that for a lot of people and for a lot of clients that I see becomes something stressful for them, becomes something stressful, right? Because they're like, well, I don't know how to plan or I don't know how to talk to my friends about it or I don't want to admit that this isn't, this is a little out of the, what I want to spend or they feel bad for prioritizing it over paying off their debt. And so there's all these like negative things that actually end up 
coming when it like coming up for them when it comes to travel and we want to I want to show you not only how to travel or how I spend my money I also want to show you how to travel guilt-free I want to show you how to travel without feeling um, burdens or without feeling stress or without feeling anxiety because travel is such a fun experience especially um you know in our in your 20s um early 30s or honestly whenever but especially in this time and for me at this point in my life my friends are like my top priority i do everything with my friends i just love them so much and so because i'm i'm honestly i'm going on quite a few trips with my friends this year if you are also traveling with friends, it's even more important to talk about money, talk about what that looks like. Um, and so we're going we're gonna to break down. So first, I'm going to start with cost of the trip. I'm going to tell you exactly uh, how much I spent on everything, break it down per day, all that good stuff. Then I'm going to give you a couple tips for anyone who is going on a snowboarding trip about like things I pack or just like pro tips, whatever. Then I'm going to talk about what I sa- what we saved on versus what we splurged on. And then just a couple other things of like how we split things, um, how I book travel, stuff like that. Some budget hacks, if you will. Okay, so let's first break down how much I spent. So this was our second annual trip for one of my best friends, Brie. Um, her birthday is end of February, but last year we did a snowboarding trip for her birthday. And then that trip was in Park City, Utah. So we flew into Salt Lake City, um, then went to Park City. I'm almost positive I did a pod, a podcast on how much I spent on that trip. So you can go back and um, compare if you want to. But we went to Park City, snowboarded, sno- did snowboarding. I don't know how you say that. Um, and then came home. And then this year we flew into Reno, and then, but actually we ended up staying in Tahoe and we snowboarded, snowboarded, I don't know if that's right, um, in Tahoe, okay? So this year we stayed longer. So this year we did five nights, six days. So we flew in on a Thursday and got there like at noon on Thursday. And then we flew back uh, the following Tuesday morning. So five nights we stayed and then six days. Okay, let's talk about costs. So, um, I'm going to break this down between two major costs. Um, the things I did to prepare ahead of time for the trip, like the gear that I bought versus, um, the actual cost of the trip. So you can kind of see the difference and then I'll tell you the total. Well, I'll just like add it up. Okay. Um, so pre first, I'm going to just break down pre-trip and then like each of the days and then, um, I'll add it up and then tell you total. So pre-trip, things that were that I did pre-trip um, were buying the flight, paying for my share of the Airbnb, buying an Epic Pass, which is just like the lift pass that you have to pay to go up the mountain, equipment rentals. Um, I I um, just rented snowboard and boots. I'll talk more about why I just rented those things in a little bit. Um, we did do one day of lessons because now we kind of can snowboard, but now we <laughs> want to get better. Um, and then car rental. So those were the things that I paid pre-trip, okay? Um, and those things I knew going into the trip exactly how much they would cost because, let me back up a little bit, what we do when planning for this trip is basically 
um, Brie, who it's her birthday trip, she'll start a Google Doc and basically say, here's where I want to go. Um, here's what an estimate of what everything would cost. And I kind of went in and added some stuff up. And so actually, wait, do you know what would be super fun that I'm going to do? I should have thought of this as I was going. Um, I am going to pull up the actual trip and tell you what I told people to plan on spending versus what we actually spent. Oh my gosh, this is so fun. I'm so glad I am doing this. Okay. So, um, okay. So basically the first Google doc, okay. I'm totally changing up how I'm running this podcast episode now, but that's fine. So the, uh, the Google doc that we originally planned. Okay. It says, here's the Airbnb that we're staying at. Originally, we had a couple options and we all chose which one we liked the best. So it had the Airbnb and the total for Airbnb per person. So that ended up being, let me go back. And we said it was going to be around $350. That ended up being $381 a person. Okay. Um, The next thing was lift tickets. So this is on the planning sheet. Lift tickets, it was 269 to 354, 51 days um, for four days if you booked before December 5th. So we ended up doing that. Um, Then budgeting for flights. um, So the flight for Kansas City was about $300. Flights from Des Moines, because that's where everybody else flew from, were between 450 and 600. So for the girls flying out of Des Moines, it was going to be a little bit more than us flying out of Kansas City. Um, car rental was going to be $85 each, um, except for one of the girls on the trip was from California. So she drove. So then it was only divided by uh, six of us instead of seven of us. So that was 85 total. It ended up being 85 exactly. So lessons was $959 total for the day for everyone um like that was total so then per person it was a hundred and thirty seven dollars each uh yeah a hundred and thirty seven dollars each um but we ended up getting 20 percent off as pass holders so it ended up being like 109 okay um and then equipment rentals was about 250 approximately per person. So basically all of that added up to like 6 almost like $1700, okay? Um so then that was like the the base plan of like okay, $1600 for just that stuff. So then I said I would plan about $2,000 for food, drinks, eating out, um, all of that stuff. And then that is outside of any equipment if you like want to buy that stuff, okay? So what's so cool about that is this was before anybody agreed to anything, right? Here's the Google Doc. Everyone got to see it. She sent it out to everyone that went on the trip last year and said, hey, everybody, um, here's the plan for my trip. Basically, it's going to be about two thousand dollars, um, not include like if not including if you need to buy any like you know equipment. Um, going to be about two thousand dollars. So before anyone agrees to it, they know exactly what they're agreeing to. That is one of the biggest keys. We're going to talk about that towards the end. But make sure. I had a lot of people ask me when I said what questions you have about going on the trip. A lot of people were like, "What do you do if you're locked in and then it ends up being more than you expected?" Do not agree to something until you know all of the amounts, until you know an overall of like what is going to happen. Now, I get there's exceptions that role where people told you it's going to be X amount and it ended up being a lot more. Um, But 
as much as you can, ask all the questions. So instead of saying, yep, I'm in for that trip, say, hey, can I get the details? And then I'll look at my look at my schedule. Okay, so that is what we prepared was about $2,000, not including um, any equipment. So now let's go back to what I started with and tell you what it ended up costing. So all of the flight, Airbnb, Epic Pass, equipment rentals, lesson lessons and car rentals ended up being 1468. Okay, so as a reminder, I estimated it would be 1687. So I estimated 1687, it ended up being um 1468. So it's a little under on that. Um so that was kind of like pre-trip things. The other things that I personally bought pre-trip was I did buy some gear. So my, the first year that we went, we went to Park City and I rented everything. I rented a helmet. I rented um, a snowboard. I rented boots. I like did everything. And then I also just brought like my winter coat. Um, I did have to buy snow pants because the snow pants I bought, like literally they were ended up being like way too big and just like didn't work. So I had to buy snow pants there last year. Um, and that ended up being like 100 and like a hundred dollars, I think. Um, but I didn't, I felt very unprepared last year. I'd never snowboarded. So I didn't know what to bring. I didn't know what to wear. I ended up packing a ton of layers and it was really cold, but the layers were really bulky. And then I had my winter coat and it was just kind of a mess. Um, so this year I did invest because I'm like, I absolutely freaking love snowboarding. I want to snowboard so much. And last year I I was like, I'm not going to buy stuff because I don't know if I'm ever going to snowboard again. But then I was like, holy cow, I loved it. I did not expect to love it so much. Now, so now this is our second time going and I already have a couple other snowboarding trips for this year that I'm going on. So I knew I wanted to invest in a couple things um, instead of pe- continuing to pay to rent them. So for example, it was $75 to rent a helmet per year. Um, like la- Or like last year when we rented for three days, it was $75. This year is gonna be like 85 because we're renting for four days or fi- five day- four, four days snowboarding, I think, but f- a five day rental, I don't, I don't know. Um, but it was going to be $85. So I instead bought a helmet. Um, the helmet, I actually bought it at Dick's Sporting Goods because I wanted the brand Smith um, because I really liked those helmets compared to like the, there's another brand, like another popular brand, like Gyro or something. It's like G-I-R-O. I, I had like tried on both those helmets and I did not like the Giro or Gyro ones at all. I like the Smith one. So I wanted a Smith one, but Amazon was out of my size because I have a big fat head. Um, and I wanted to get a little loose because I wanted to have room to wear a hat under it. Um, like, so I wanted to be able to like wear it fit my head without, uh, um, or like it fit my head fine without a hat, but that I could like loosen it up and then put a hat on it also fit on those really cold days. So I ended up getting a large helmet. Um, definitely go try those on because I was like, wow, my head is big. Anyway, um, so I got a big helmet. Um, they didn't have it on Amazon, but I got it at Dick's Sporting Goods. It was like 140, but they price matched. Um, and so I ended up getting it for like 118. Um, negotiation is key. Price matching counts as negotiation. Um, so ended up getting the helmet, which Yes, that was an expense. However, in the long run will save me because then I didn't have to spend $85 renting a helmet this trip. And for my next trip, I also, you know, for the for the rest of time, I no longer have to rent a helmet. So um, I'm glad I did that. I did spend, which I'm not, I did not love this, but it was kind of, I kind of screwed myself over here. But 
whatever. So I ended up spending $65 on gloves, which I know is absolutely insane. But I had two pairs of gloves and neither one of them had the thing where you like loop it onto your hand. So then when you take it off your hands, it can just dangle and then you don't like drop them. And I really wanted those. So I um, left my gloves in the car because I was going to see if they had gloves there. Um, (laughs) The only gloves they had there was like $65. We ended up parking like literally two miles away because we didn't know how far of a walk it was so I kind of screwed myself over there because then I ended up because I thought oh if they just have if they have gloves that I don't want or that are just like outrageously overpriced because we're at the resort I'll just walk back to the car but then we ended up parking so far away I was like screw it so I paid $65 but they're really really nice gloves Um, but the key to gloves is having the like strap that ties to your wrist. So then you don't drop them. And then it's so nice as you're taking, putting your board on and off that you can just like whip your gloves off and like let them dangle, you know, get your bindings off and then put your gloves back on. So I did spend $65 on gloves. I had spent a hundred dollars on snow pants the previous year. I use those. Um, I did get a $10 net gator on Amazon. I didn't use it a ton this year because it was actually really nice weather in Tahoe. I used it a little bit um, when we snowboarded like in the mornings, but that was just like a $10 net gator, but it was like a really warm one, which high quality one was amazing. Highly recommend doing that. And then I spent $120 on a snowboarding jacket, which was the best move ever. Um, at first I was like, you know what? I could just use my, um, like I could, I could easily just use my, uh, like winter coat or puffer, but I was like, you know what? I really want to, you know, try out the snowboarding jacket, get this snowboarding jacket. And I got it and it was so unbelievable. If you're wanting to snowboard, I highly recommend it. Um, the brand I got it from was dope, D-O-P-E. And oh my gosh, it's so nice because it's, it's tight going on. It's tight going on, but once it's on, it fits perfectly because it's like tighter in your arms so you can move without your arms like getting caught in the, in the sides of it. Um, it has great pockets. It has like a pocket on the arm for your ski pass. Seriously could not recommend it more. Um, loved it. I got it when they had a sale. So it ended, I think it's normally like one ninety nine, and I think I got it, like I said, for like one twenty. Um, but again, highly recommend it was so, so worth it. Um, and I, and those were all of the, uh, like gear. So I spent $415 on gear, um, with all of that stuff. Pre-trip, again, I spent $320 on the flight, $381 on Airbnb for five days. Let's see, Epic Pass was $269. Snowboard rentals were $250. Lessons ended up, I didn't say this earlier, lessons ended up being $163 um, because we added a full day instead of a half day. Um, and then I think I already said car rental was 85. So that was 1468 pre-trip plus $415 gear pre-trip. Then for the actual trip, day one, I spent $140. That was on lunch. Um, we had a chill dinner in. That was when we bought groceries. So paid the groceries that day. Um, day two, I spent $70 on lunch drinks after snowboarding um and then we also had a couple drinks went to like a brewery and had had some drinks day three I spent um 
$94 plus $34. I don't know why I didn't just like add those two up, but we did um, lunch at the like whatever. I keep calling it a resort, like the village, whatever, wherever you like eat at the snowboarding place. Um, then we had drinks and then we did like a fancier dinner out. Um, day four, that was when the Chiefs freaking lost. That was so sad. Um, but we went to brunch and we were there for a while. Um, and then we also went to a second. So we had brunch, got food and drinks while we watched the game. Then we went to another bar um, and had dinner there and a couple drinks. And then I all, we also stopped at a couple like touristy places and I got like a t-shirt and a fridge magnet because I always get that. So spent $191 on day four. Day five, I spent $45 on lunch and then we got Starbucks after that. And then um, day six was our travel day back. And I, the only thing I actually, I take it back. I spent $8 on a smoothie and then, um, like $16 on Chipotle as soon as I got home. So if you want to count that as part of the trip, so leading to a grand total of $2,080 for the actual trip itself. And then $415 for the gear. So I actually didn't add up that total of all of that. So I'll do that right now on my phone. So 2,080 plus 415 is $2,495. Now I had planned on spending literally $2,000 for the trip and I spent $2,080 for the trip. And again, that first estimation I knew didn't include gear because I hadn't decided what types of gear I was getting. Um, so I was really excited, right? I was literally $80 over of what I had planned. And honestly, I could have easily spent $80 less um, because we I was very free with like buying dinner, buying drinks, or, you know, doing things here and there where if I was trying to hit that perfectly, I could have easily done that. Um, but I, you know, wanted to be a little bit more free, a little bit more relaxed. And so I, I did not mind at all, um, being $80 over. Um, and then the $450 on gear, I'm so glad I did that because again, even though I won't see a huge difference because I basically spent more for this trip because it was more expensive to buy than rent for this trip. However, my next trip, when I don't have to buy any gear that will, I'll definitely see a difference in that obviously. Um, so that will be nice. Um, a couple of people asked me, like, what gear should you buy? Let me just tell you guys this. I am by no means a seasoned snowboarder. There are probably way better people to get advice from from me. Um, however, I'll tell you that for me, because I want to continue boarding and I want to become <laughs> better and I just have so much fun doing it, it was worth it to me to buy those things. Like the snowboarding jacket. Do you need a snowboarding jacket? No, you could literally wear you know, your winter coat or a sweatshirt or whatever else. For me, I loved it. It made it so convenient. I was totally fine with investing in that. The helmet, helmets are important. Oh, I'd also bought goggles, but I bought those last year and I'm, I got those off Amazon and I would guess they would have been under like $20, maybe $30. They were just like an off brand, whatever. Um, so I forgot to add that. Uh, and then I'm glad I invest in the helmet. I'm, even though the gloves were expensive in my opinion, I'm glad I got them, um, because they had the clip on and that's a freaking game changer. Now, when it comes to renting like boots in the board, I likely will, for the near future, at least for the next year, 
just rent because I live in the Midwest. I don't live somewhere where I can just like get in my car and go snowboarding. There is actually a place you can go snowboarding in Kansas City, but I went last year and it was like not fun in my opinion. It was all ice. Um, It's a very, very, very quick run and it's just very steep. So it's like and it's all icy and I, it just like there, there's not a lot of room to like practice. And it was just like icy. So when you did fall, it freaking hurt your tailbone and it was like fake snow. And so I just wasn't a huge fan. So probably won't be going, um, in the Midwest a ton. That being said, if I am going to go somewhere else, I'm flying. And so for me, the convenience of being able to fly and get there and just have, um, you know, then get your boards, get the board there instead of having to bring a snowboard and boots and all that to me worth it. Oh my gosh. I forgot to say this is like the number one thing, my number one piece of advice. So last year in park study to get the rentals, we went to the like resort place, the lodge and had to wait in line. We literally waited in line for like, I am not kidding, probably two hours to get fitted for our snowboards, our boots, our helmets, like all those things. And it was COVID. Um, so you're inside in a mask and you they're trying to keep everybody six feet away from each other. So like the entire building was filled and you couldn't go the next part until the, those people were gone. So it just took forever. Um, and it was like so hot in there and so humid. And it was just like, it was horrible. So they have it where you can pay. I'm pretty sure it was like $20 extra per person where literally just people bring all the equipment to your Airbnb or whatever. And then you can like try it on there and then be like, I want this one. I want this one. Try it on. And then they leave. So we did that. So paying $20 extra for that was uh, so unbelievably worth it. It was like the best thing ever. So if you're renting, um, in, want to pay for convenience saying, Hey, I'll pay $20 for them to come drop it off to me. I could not recommend that more. That was a freaking game changer. Um, but anyway, so for the time being, I will be renting a board so I don't have to fly with it. Um, I would potentially get boots, but I don't know if that's like, I don't know if it's worth it if I'm not getting a board and everything. So for now, not getting a board, not getting the bindings, not getting boots, just going to be renting those, but then have the other stuff. Okay. Um, what else? Okay. Um, let's talk about how we split things. Let's talk about how we split things. So I am very big on splitting things in real time because so things just don't get missed. And so everything can just be um, like clean. I personally do not like, there's like basically three methods you can use, okay? The first method is, oh, like, I'll just get this, you get the next thing, like, it'll all even out, okay? Um, I don't like that because what I find is that usually someone gets screwed. Um, Usually someone ends up paying for a huge meal and then somebody else doesn't pay for anything and then somebody else gets this, but then, oh, the rental car was in my name and then this, and then it ends up <clears throat> a lot of times, not only really not being uneven, but some people being resentful of like, okay, sweet. Well, like I'm always the one that picks up this and the blah, blah. And I just don't like it. Right. I make it my job that I have no icky feelings around money. And so I do not want to be the one who either feels bad because I feel like I didn't pay 
um, for my portion or feel a little annoyed that I'm the one who's paying for way more because things even out, but they end up not. Okay, so that's like method number one. It's like, oh, everything will even out. I'll get the Airbnb. You guys get this. You guys get groceries. I'll get drinks, whatever. I don't personally like using that. Um, The second thing is um, everybody kind of pays for something. And then at the end, we all total it up and figure it out. I don't like that either because, again, it just, in my opinion, makes it harder and gets really messy. Like, it just gets super messy of like, okay, well, you owe me this, but I owe you this. So we'll subtract this and we'll add this. It's just like, to me, it's messy. I love doing lazy girl finances over here. I like whatever's easiest and just getting it taken care of. So I prefer method number three, which is just in real time, paying people back. Um, And so what does that look like? It literally means that before the trip, whoever booked the Airbnb, which in our case was Brie, it was her birthday. She was the one who was like doing all that. So she booked the Airbnb and then she shot the group of texts and said, hey, Airbnb, you know, we all knew it was going to be about 381. So she messages us, hey guys, it's exactly 381. I'll Venmo charge everybody. Um, And so like just giving you guys a heads up cool. So she Venmo charges us. We go in, we accept it. Um, okay. Hey everybody. I booked lessons today. It was X amount, just like we'd planned. I'm going to shoot everybody a Venmo charge, you know? Okay, cool. That's done. Um, so those are all done pre-trip already taken care of. Then, um, so like the first night we did groceries. Okay. So a couple girls went and got the groceries and then came back. So literally they came back and, um, Kylie, one of my friends, one of the girls on the trip was like, I was like, who bought groceries? Kylie was like, I bought groceries. I'm like, cool. She was like helping put stuff away and stuff. So I was like, here, just hand me the receipt and I'll like figure it out. So she hands, hands me the receipt. So I do the math, divide it by seven people. It was like $73 a person. And so literally in the Airbnb, I say, okay, everybody, everybody Venmo Kylie, $73 for groceries. Everyone's like, cool. Literally in that moment, everyone Venmo's her. Um, then as we go, whoever buys dinner just says, Hey, everybody Venmo me this or better yet just says, Hey, I'll Venmo charge everyone. So I bought brunch one day and we were like leaving to the next place. I took a picture of the receipt, um, and then took the receipt with me. I just always take a picture because, um, you know, you lose a receipt or whatever. And then, um, I, you know, divided it and then, and Venmo charged everyone, everyone accepts it, bada bing, bada boom, which is so nice because then at the end of the trip, you're not like, oh shit, what do I owe everyone? Oh my gosh, like what if I owe a shit ton of money? No, at the end of the at the end of the trip, you're literally caught up. You're caught up. You've already paid for everything in real time. And then it helps you to be able to kind of plan in alignment because you know how much you've spent up until this point. Okay, so that's what I prefer to do. Um now, within that, you can do it a couple different ways. So for this trip, uh, we just split all of the meals evenly. Like we just split it, divided it by six because everyone ordered very like similarly. Like everyone, you know, like let's say <clears throat> when we went to dinner, everyone got two drinks. So it wasn't like one person was like drinking water and got a side of fries and then everyone else got steak and then we divided it by six. You know, it was like very even of like, for the most part, everyone got a couple drinks and like ordered meals and we got a couple appetizers for the table and like everyone wanted to do that. So we just divided it by six. Um, but there are times where like, for example, um, 
I'm trying to think of like the last time. So like when I'm in Kansas City, for example, let's say a couple of my friends are out to dinner and the waitress just like brings this one check. That might be something where I'm going to get the check or somebody will get the check. I'm like the designated friend who does this, but I'll say, okay, Brie, you owe, you know, Caleb X amount of money. Um, Let's say Caleb paid in this example. I'm just like literally using my friend group. And then it's like, okay, um, you know, Cinnamon, you owe Caleb this amount, you know, and I'll literally go through because if people order very drastically different meals, I don't want, personally, I don't think that's, you know, fair to just be like, oh, everyone split it. If like someone, you know, just came at the end for one drink, like I'm not going to be like, okay, everyone, you know, pay for half my meal. So in that scenario, that's where it's like, same thing. The dinner just happened. We'll look at the receipt. We'll divide it in whichever way makes sense based on how it was set up. Um, we'll divide it and just say like, hey, this is how much you owe. And then we'll either stay at the table or just Venmo charge. Here, the biggest thing is that you have to make Venmo charging someone not weird. Like in our friend group, we have a culture of, oh yeah, cool. I'll just Venmo charge you. Like, and, and there's no like weird, like, oh my gosh, that's so passive aggressive. Like, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's like, oh, sweet. Awesome. Thank you for like letting me know that. And then you just accept it and it's super easy. So um, my tip there is if you are the friend that's like, I'd rather just split it based on what we ate, take control and be like, like, let's say somebody gives their card or whatever, be like, hey, or tell the waitress like, hey, we're going to like split it like X, Y, and Z in the beginning, waiter or waitress. Um, Or then at the end, if it's on one, say, okay, cool. I will split it and like let everyone know what you owe and just like take control and do it that way. Um, And then a couple things to wrap it up. Saved versus splurged. So the places we saved, we bought groceries, we bought alcohol um, ahead of time so we could just drink at the house or eat at the house instead of like eating out every meal. Um, We booked our passes ahead of time because the earlier you book for the season, the cheaper it is. Um, Got some gear ahead of time, which again, like I talked through, saves a bunch of money. Um, Oh, here's a pro tip. If you're renting a car... If you use national, um, which honestly I'd never really used it before, but now I have more often um, as we're going on group trips, um, make sure you are an Emerald Club member. It's free to do and you get so many nice upgrades and it's just all you have to do is like, it's basically like the TSA pre-check line, but for rental cars. So it's free to do and you just like get free upgrades and stuff. So it's really nice. Um, we took the shuttle instead of driving, which was nice. So those were kind of some of the ways we saved. And then, um, basically the biggest thing we splurged on was, um, a couple like nicer dinners out, or like we went to a couple breweries because we wanted to explore and then, um, getting nicer gear and versus like renting equipment. That was another thing of like, that felt like a splurge, like getting my snowboarding jacket and things like that, that I just freaking absolutely adored. So those are some of the things, um, when it comes to travel for this trip, we did book it ourselves. Um, a lot of travel stuff. I usually book with a travel agent if I'm like going somewhere, um, bigger or just like where it requires more planning. This one didn't take a ton of planning because we'd been there and kind of like knew what we were doing and everything not like been to Tahoe but we had been snowboarding um so there we have it um also I have a bunch of other travel tips I have uh it's literally an ebook 
all about how to like budget hack your travel and and be able to do what you want while spending in alignment. Um, it's normally $15, but all literally all you have to do is leave a review on the Deeper Than Money podcast and send a screenshot of that review to contact at deeperthanmoney.com. Just send a screenshot and my team will send you back a free copy and give you access to that travel guide for free. So go check it out. I wish you all the best when it comes to planning your travel. I hope this was interesting. If you want to see more, I have a lot of trips this year coming up. So if you want to see more on what I spent and the breakdown and things like that, let me know, leave a review, tag me on Instagram and tell me that you want to see more of this. And also if you're happy that the Deep in the Monday podcast is back, I want to hear from you. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you back next week. 